Oh, yes. Welcome back to the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. We're here today to start introducing you to the 2023 Dynasty Rookie Class because, listen, we're all degenerates. We all play fantasy football 12 months of the year, Matt. I'm here, of course, with my old partner in crime, Flex Matt, from the Flex Network. Matt, welcome to the show. Oh, yes, everybody. I have returned. We are back together again, live on camera. This is uh, awesome. Thank you for welcome, welcoming me back, and I really do appreciate it. Um, you know, we I would say this is how we set the table here today because, you know, we're not – Be Ollie, what's going on? Sorry, I can see the chats. Be Ollie yes. is already in. Our guy, Be Ollie, yes, thank you. I, I love you guys. Thank you for welcoming me back. You know, uh, like you said, 12 months we play this, uh, or at least I do. I've recently, you know, I literally am a hero to zero story in our Dirt Balls League Stop with Geek. It. I've gone I've gone from championship team to true rebuild. I'm going to challenge myself, and I've blown up my dynasty team. But this is what we're talking about here. It's rookie yeah. season, and rookie season starts today here with you, Shane, and I'm excited. You know how I know I'm a degenerate, Matt? Because I'm, I'm on the show. Well, that, obviously. But it's because it's February 8th. The Super Bowl has not been played. And yet I still, I still feel behind on the rookie class, which is why I'm here with you today. We've been chatting a lot offline. And I said, Matt, you just got to come on the damn show because I started, I, not that anybody really gives a crap. I started a new job. So I'm just, I haven't really had time to really focus on the football side of things. You know, the passion. But. I need somebody to give me that kickstart, and you're the man to do that. So let's just get right into it. I'm going to leave this to you. Do you want to start talking about the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, or the running backs? Because that's really well, what the sizzle is, Well, right? let me set the table a little bit here, Shane. And, and you okay. know as well as I know here at DFS Army, we like to teach the people how to fish a little bit. That's I heard you say that recently, and I think that's a, a really great way because just like you, you know, you start a new job. Most of the people listening to this maybe are, are advanced or maybe they're not advanced. Who knows? This is, mm -hmm. a, this is a, a theory for all. But I really want to say that I think – uh, I call it fantasy Twitter, you know, or dynasty yeah. Twitter. I think, um, to be honest, um, I think we've gotten a little over our skis. Okay. And, and let me, let me give you a couple names last year. Malik Willis. Okay. Mm -hmm. Isaiah Spiller. Okay. Both guys that, um, you know, draft Twitter, dynasty Twitter. Oh, Malik will easily not last past pick five or, or, mm -hmm. or what, you know, in the real NFL draft, the guy didn't even get selected in the first two rounds, I believe. And, and he's off the radar, but yet everybody was doing drafts, Malik Willis, this Malik Willis, that Isaiah Spiller, this. And I just want to start out by saying that I think we have gotten a little bit too analytically crazy. You know, a, a lot of people, size, speed, uh, production, I understand it, it works really well, and I, and I do get that. But I also want to say that I think the eye test and, and, and just pure, you know, like Will Levis, for instance, and we're going to get into Will Levis. I don't want to get into it right away, right this second, but the guy can throw it 105,000 yards, okay, mm -hmm. in a single play, you know, <laughs> and, and he has a dynamic arm, something that is just, it's unseen, you know, and, and without seeing a guy like a Josh Allen, 
who was not touted as your top quarterback coming out of the class because of stats or because of, you know, things like that. It's like, well, now we've seen these things and we still kind of want to ignore them. Um, you know, I'm not going to ignore things like this anymore. And I think last year we got a heavy dose of that medicine, um, specifically with a guy like Damian Pierce. <clears throat> yeah. Damian Pierce should have been, you know, him and Isaiah Spiller easily should have been swapped in all the content, you know, with everything. Look, you know, Isaiah Spiller in some cases well. went eighth overall, ninth overall, where Damian Pierce, you know, had missed four games this year plus the bye. So essentially five. Well, everybody misses one with that. So four games missed. Well, I, I, I want to say he was like 26 overall, overall RB. This year, he probably not missed four games. He probably would have been 18th running back, you know, I as think, a rookie. Yeah, I think to, I think what you're trying to get to here, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially it's we have to refine our process. And yeah. I think what's really important, too, is that you talk about getting ahead of our skis. It's, it's really this idea that we can be totally enamored with a player. Sky Moore is a perfect example, right? But at the end of the day, it's going to take time for these players to develop. We, we've been so spoiled. I mean, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson last year, just exploded onto the scene. We're super productive. And we knew that these guys were elite talents, but at the same time, Drake London, he disappointed, right? Draylon Burks injuries. He disappointed, obviously different situations. Drake London didn't frankly have a quarterback, Trey Burks. He had the injury history, but there's a lot of questions every single year. And I think maybe, I guess maybe because I haven't dove super, super deep into this class quite yet, Matt, but it feels to me like the 23 class doesn't quite have the sizzle. Obviously you got B. John Robinson at the top, who is, he's as good a prospect as we've seen. Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, like he's in that conversation for being an elite fantasy producer for a number of years, but so was Brees Hall. And when he was good, he was great. But I love Brees. Oh, because he was he was it was at a timeshare with Michael Carter, and then he got hurt, right? So, I I think context matters, and it's also important to say like don't if you have a proven veteran player, don't trade these guys away for these rookie picks. And, and the other thing, like Brandon Adam, who who is a guy we always have in the show, he always says people overvalue rookie picks, and he's absolutely right, man. I would much rather build a dynasty of old veteran players and win a couple years in a row than then play the rebuild route unless you're a skilled experienced dynasty player like what you're doing in, in one of our leagues matt so um <laughs> maybe it's, it's, you could say that well and i that. also want to say this shana and, and this is an intro to the class you know i yeah. think that you are 100 percent correct in fantasy football i think you would like to build your dynasty around veterans not necessarily you know old veterans not I'm all talking, the time you know, Two, three, four years in the league yeah, type thing, right? Exactly. And and but in the real NFL this year, um, I, I'm looking down the list and I'm looking at all these guys, and I'm I I'm just and I'm gonna tell you right now, this class I think is gonna do something different than a lot of classes have done in the past, where in the past you might get four or five guys that really do kind of find their footing and maybe knock off some veterans. To be honest, I think in the top three rounds of your dynasty rookie drafts, you're going to have rookies that uh, go into situations where you're going to start to see veterans um, <clears throat> disappear. And, and I'm not going to say straight disappear. 
Obviously, like if Chicago, for instance, at one, you know, there's a lot of talk about them potentially dealing fields and then Stop. going to draft. I'm saying it could happen. No, I don't see why it wouldn't happen, to be honest with you. Um, the way that I look at like running an NFL team, I don't think Chicago's anywhere near actually being able to compete. I don't think Fields is a bad QB, but if you could get one oh if 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 Indy's going to give you 104 for Fields, then take a Fields-like prospect and take 104. Like, why not? Why wouldn't you? Well, I guess the, the argument I have for that is Justin Fields has shown the ability to win in the NFL. Okay, yes, the Chicago Bears suck. They didn't actually win games. But he's showing – and, and in college, like, I loved uh, Justin Fields. And the big question when they were coming out was Justin Fields versus Trey Lance, right? Justin Fields fell to the Bears. I, I, I think they got a steal at the time. His rookie season was an absolute disaster. But last year, he showed a lot of progress. And what I liked so much about Justin Fields is that in college, he wasn't just a running quarterback. He showed that he knew how to, he knew how to distribute the ball, right? Um and a player like you know Jalen Hurts is a perfect example where early on in his career, he really did depend on his legs, but he started to progress as a passer. It certainly helps having a player like Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown, Chase well, Claypool, you know, any of those guys. So We could see that happen she, this yeah, year. We, we, we can, can debate this. And this is going to be debated for the – like Super Bowl is this weekend, and after the Super Bowl, it's going to be rookie season for everybody, not just for us dynasty nerds. And people are going to be – evaluating the hell out of these uh, these rookies that are coming into the 23-23 class. And my humble opinion, it's hard to find quarterbacks. Could any of these one quarterbacks this year outperform Justin Fields? Probably. May, or sorry, not probably. Maybe. In my opinion, Justin Fields is just as good as any of these prospects coming out. They would be much more incentivized, in my opinion, to trade back, get a few more first-round picks, maybe collect some seconds, some thirds, and really just start building around Justin Fields, because the guy needs a team around to support him. Any quarterback in the league, unless you're like a Patrick Mahomes, you need a few elite level wide receivers to really take that next step. And Chicago Bears would do really, really well to trade back, continue to work on that offense or excuse me, on that defense, build around him. But I digress. Let's get into the damn players <laughs> now. So, we're 10, we're so 10 minutes into the show. Let's talk about some of these players. Let's start with QB position because that's where we started. Who's your number one ranked quarterback for fantasy football? Very important. What's your, who's your number one guy for fantasy football coming in this class, class Matt? Well, you know, it, it's it's tough because it's pre-draft. I mean, and and obviously, you know, it's really hard because you look at a guy like Josh Allen and you look at a guy like Will Levis and you see a lot of similarities. And you would like to say, well, why? I mean, Josh Allen right now is what? The Dynasty QB2, QB3. Um, you know, Mahomes is secured as QB1, but you talk about a gunslinger QB. Um, I would say I would say Mahomes is pretty definitively QB1. I mean, it doesn't matter. We're not going to talk about Dynasty yeah. ranks. We're talking about rookies. So the idea is that why wouldn't you want a Josh Allen type of guy? And, and if he's on the board as a rookie QB, and you can say, well, for fantasy, why wouldn't he be number one, right? Josh Allen's number three, QB overall, QB two, it doesn't matter. But I look at it as is a little different. I look at it as a lot of these rookie QBs don't come in right away and perform. They really don't. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was the overall number one. Joe Burrow got injured. Um, so, but you know, he was on his way and he's still 
ranked, I would say, probably mm-hmm. what? Seven, eight, six, five, four. Joe Burrow? Yeah, yeah somewhere probably around. in that five to seven, depending who you talk to. And he was, and he's a great one. Trevor Lawrence is finally coming to his own. But right mm-hmm. away, these players aren't necessarily coming out and, and coming into their own right away as, as pure dynasty assets right away. So you look at guys like Lamar Jackson, who has been able to create with his feet. And then, then you look at guys like Anthony Richardson, where I'm seeing mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson <laughs> – yeah, we're getting there. See, this is the thing. And and this is what you have to talk about. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on this because this is really just a, a we're going to throw a, a lot of stuff out there. We're not getting in depth. I don't want to go into top five ranks, whatever like that. And I, I guess you're asking Howard. me who's number one. Matthew? I'm saying CJ Stroud. I'm saying CJ Stroud, number one. And let me tell you why. I think that he showed you in the most recent game against Georgia that he can move with his feet. I've seen it from the very beginning. I would love people to go back and watch Elite 11 again where he came out, and he wasn't necessarily unknown, but it was supposed to be the Bryce Bryce Young and DJU show in the Elite Mm -hmm. 11, yet Stroud came in. He was already committed to Ohio State shut his mouth, did his work on the field, and the guy is consistently evolving. Now, a lot of people out there are saying, well, Bryce Young's got a better this. Anthony Richardson's a mobile quarterback. Will Levis has kind of the total package. But I look at it as I think that Bryce Young uh, is good. He's small, though. He's very small. We've And he's small for a college QB. I mean, yeah. I don't have his uh, pull, pulled up right here. What do you got on him? So, okay. So, I guess we should preface this by saying that these are all unofficial numbers. Like, these are the college rank, uh, weigh-ins. Come to Combine, these guys are going to try to bulk up. But right now, in college, he was playing at six foot, 194 pounds. That's very, very small for a quarterback. And I don't think he's actually six foot, 194. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Rumor the is guys... he's like, what, 5'10"? Yeah, yeah, he's more like 5'10", 190, okay? And here's the thing. We have never seen it. I mean, you could say we have seen it, but I don't think we've ever seen somebody that small. I would say uh, Cody Carpentier um, said, uh, what did he say, Doug Flutie or somebody like that? I mean, realistically, you'd never really seen this before, somebody so small. Now, I can understand the guy's got an accurate arm. He didn't have any – I mean, you don't know any of his linemen this year. Okay, you don't know any of his receivers, really. I mean, you might in a couple years. You know Jameer Gibbs, and we're going to talk about him. But So I understand. And Bryce still puts it on the money when he can, wherever he wants. And I, so I get it. If you want to go Bryce Young, that's fine. I look at a guy like CJ Stroud. I look at a guy like Will Levis, and I see guys that can come in. Will Levis is a little bit behind. I mean, I would definitely say for me, Will Levis is two. I have Bryce Young three. Okay. That's just me personally. And that's because he's too small. I don't know. And I really, I can't guarantee it. What I can see is that Will Levis can bomb the ball down the field and he has all the same intangibles Josh Allen had. And I look at it like, man, just give that guy some time. Same thing with CJ Stroud. A lot of people say, well, just give him some time. Well, dude, these guys are young. They're 21, 22 years old. Give them some time. I mean, that's fine. But what I can tell you is on tape, C.J. Stroud looks like he's thrown into coverage a lot of times, mm-hmm. but but it, it it may feel that way because he's throwing it literally on the dime, maybe in a situation where other quarterbacks could never make that throw. They can't. C.J. Stroud can make every single throw 
And it's so perfect that you might think he's thrown into double coverage, yet he's actually just putting the ball exactly where it needs to be, which is a scary thing, but he can't run. That's what they say. He can't run. Well, he showed he could in the in the in the qualifying yeah. game to get to the national championship. Well, he could. So, so I guess you know Joe Burrow comes to mind where he's not known for his running ability, but he knows how to run when he has to run. So, would you say Stroud is one of those types of players where it's not necessarily one of his A assets, but it's something he can do if he needs to get a first down? I just think that CJ, the reason why Dynasty Twitter is not drafting him number one overall is because running isn't his strong point. And you Mm -hmm. see guys like Jalen Hurts, where the running is their game. 100 yards rushing, whatever it is, top dynasty assets. So I can understand why you might pivot away from a guy like C.J. Stroud. But I look at it as like, well, you know what? Year to year, you really never know what you're going to get from Lamar. And especially this year, kind of injured, can't put the ball on the dime. But in the first three games, he was electric. So sure, Mm -hmm. up and down performance. I don't want that on my fantasy teams. And for me in QB, especially in Superflex, you want a guy that can come in, not do anything wrong, throw at least two touchdowns a game. You're Brock Purdy, right? You're Brock Purdy's where you're not going to lose your fantasy game because these guys are guaranteed every week. You know, I'm not worried about throwing out, you know, I'm worried about Kenny Pickett. I could tell you what. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett has a hundred yard no touchdown games where I'm I'm not happy to throw Kenny Pickett out there week to week. I might yeah. be looking at a Daniel Dimes to start over him. You know, I don't like that. So give me CJ Stroud number one. And it's been that way for a long time for me. So so from what I've seen, I actually like Stroud as well as my number one quarterback in this class my question to you matt is there's this narrative out there that these ohio state quarterbacks are really just functions of the offense right functions of the system is is stroud going to fall into that into that category or do you think he could get past that i mean uh, justin fields that was the question when he came in the league right yeah sure um let me tell you another function of his system qb his name's tom brady greatest qb to ever play the game (laughs) You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, Is he ever going to surpass it? He could, but it doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. Can the guy come in and throw two touchdowns a game and 250 plus yards and maybe give me 40 yards on the ground with a guy that can win you games, a guy that's always going to keep you in there. And, and that to me, it means something, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's always just such a stupid narrative simply because like a coach should plan his game plan around your quarterback strengths, right? We saw it for years. RG3 is a good example where coaches were just trying to like force it, you know, round peg into square hole, right? It just, it wasn't working and it didn't look good. But the second you actually start trying to build your offense to your quarterback strengths, hey, guess what? They're going to look pretty good. So I think that's really interesting. Last question I have with the quarterbacks and then we want to move on. Anthony Richardson, okay. Pretty raw prospect. I mean, just looking at the the raw numbers, his completion percentage last year was 53%. That's bad. That's objectively bad, right? And he hasn't, didn't go over 60% in his career in college. A lot of talk. Next Atlanta spot potentially could be Detroit. Since a year behind Goff. Is that something you could see happening? Like, is Anthony Richardson a guy that you, if you draft him in your, in your dynasty leagues, be prepared to have, have him sit? Or do you think there's a possibility he could actually start this year? Um, there's always a possibility that they can start just because, I mean, I, I'm again, and, and I gotta, if, 
If, if you were a betting man, yes, of course, there's a possibility. Yes. But if you were a betting man, you, you think he should, he will, he's going to start? Yeah, I, I think he, he is. And I also think it's because he's probably not getting past Carolina. And so yeah. I look at it as if, if he gets into the QB room at, in Carolina, he's going to start. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. and yeah. not only is he going to start, I just feel like they're actually going to be able to put something together for him. You know, the thing about Malik Willis is go watch some tape. I don't think that Malik Willis is ready, but on the plus side, he, he is dynamic on the field. Mm -hmm. Even when he got a small chance, Tennessee only didn't give him any further chance because they were in the hunt. I don't disagree mm -hmm. that Malik you know, should have been sat maybe for a guy that can complete a little more passes, but given the correct system and maybe not a team that turns around and thinks, you know, they're going to be a winning franchise tomorrow. The cool thing yeah. about um, Carolina is they have a great defense. So that's the best friend to yeah. any young quarterback is a defense that can give the ball back, give them more opportunities. So I do love Anthony Richardson. Here's the thing about Anthony Richardson that people will, will not understand about him is he is, um, he's bigger than Will Levis. Like, <laughs> He's, like, he's a monster. He's an yeah. absolute monster. And he go is... watch some film on him because he yeah. has a cannon. This, If you talk about how Will Levis can launch the ball, Anthony Richardson could do the same thing. It's just definitely, you know, it's, it's not as refined. But, I mean, Lamar Jackson wasn't your top QB coming out of the draft either. And when those guys get some confidence, get some ability, they're going to be dynamic. So even Hendon Hooker, who had an injury – great QB was able to launch the ball over the field. I think if given some opportunity, he can even play not this year. He's your fifth guy. Let's move okay. on to running backs um, it, because QBs are easy, man. You know, it's going to be in super flex. I really feel like it's going to go Bijan and three or four QBs. I mean, that's, okay. That's how I feel. Um, Bijan, I don't like to talk about Bijan. My least favorite part of any podcast that I listen to is the 10 or 15 minutes people spend on Bijan Robinson. We already know what he is. Everybody's talked his head off already. Draft a guy 101. Nobody cares. I don't care. And I don't care what team he goes to. A lot of people have talked about Bijan Robinson in bad situations like Philadelphia. Which, yeah, Miles Sanders is there, and then the committee running back is like the thing in Philly, but I still would draft Bijan number one. Um, I like Bijan, but I'm also going to be on the side of I don't like Zach Charbonnet. Now, hmm. I know that a lot of people love Zach Charbonnet, and I would say that Zach Charbonnet is, is going to be the Mendoza line of how you feel about this draft class at the running back okay. position. Um, Zach Charbonnet is UCLA's. Um, he's, he's big. He's, he's not just big though. He, mm -hmm. he is, he can catch the ball. He's not dynamic in the pass game, but the thing about Zach Char Charbonnet is that he's not bad anywhere. Like he can run the ball. He's got great vision. He can catch the ball, but he's not, he doesn't have dynamic athletic attributes other mm -hmm. than his size. Um, I don't have his um, height and weight pulled up right Got in front here. of me. Six one, two twenty. 
61220 and i would yeah. even be willing to say that that's going to be 61225 you mm-hmm. know i i would say that he's going to he's going to be somebody that comes into the combine weighing as heavy as he possibly can because he's going to test well um not like well like Devin a chain is going to test because Devon A-Chain? It, yeah. yeah Devon a chain however you want to say his name he's now he's electric you know he's somebody that is going to be drafted for his elite athletic abilities okay and a chain is also somebody who you should keep your eye on a chain five nine one eighty five but the guy can probably run a four two you know texas mm. a and m behind isaiah spiller i'm mm-hmm. not huge on a chain but i will tell you that a chain's name will probably be the sexiest name in dynasty twitter in the running Hmm. back class pre-draft even post-draft because speed kills and you know that the nfl loves speed i mean this guy has speed yeah so so, yeah so i mean obviously there's like that mendoza line you need to be able to play the game but uh our friends over at player profiler um great site that's where we get all our data from um, they talk about one of the most predictive scores is the speed score, right? So size, speed, ability of a running back. And obviously there's more to the game than that. It's the ability to uh, tackle the holes, um, find the gaps, right? That That's super important. Um, but yeah, is, is he a complete player though? Can he, can he do it all? Can he catch the ball? Because, okay, let, let's take a step back. Are there any players, Matt, in the running back position that are elite pass catchers? Because we know that nowadays that's that's really the the way that the PPR game is going. Are there any elite pass catchers that we need to be aware of? Oh man, you're trying to walk me into this wall. I am not a Jameer Gibbs guy. Mm, mm, why not? He's so I good. Am not. <laughs> okay, so I just want to preface this by saying this: this draft class mm-hmm. will be 100% about the running back position. I mean, I will be, I mean, I'm going to say the wide receivers are going to get talked, but you don't have a clear cut like Garrett Wilson. You don't have a clear cut, uh, any of these guys like last year. I mean, you have guys that have big names and that you like, but there's going to be something not to like about your top five wide receivers. Okay. But when you get to the running back class, there's probably... 15 dudes that I mean you I think any of them are good elite pass catchers there definitely is elite pass catchers all over the place especially today I mean with the game and the way that it's changed you ask so much more from your running backs and I just guys like Zach Charbonnet for instance if you and I'm just gonna list like 10 dudes right now uh Bijan's one Jameer, Kendra Miller, Zach Evans, Tank Bigsby, Zach Charbonnet, Sean Tecker, Devon A. Chain, um, Spears from the Senior Bowl is great. Roshan Johnson from the Senior Bowl, Kenny McIntosh. Um, I mean, geez, I'm, 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 I could keep going. You know, Deuce Vaughn, so, Chase Brown, like lots of guys, lots of guys in the running back class. But okay, Jameer so Gibbs let's take, stands out as the pass catcher. Yeah. So, so can I just make a comment about that? So it sounds like, I mean, there's a few guys at the top at the running back position. Bijan obviously is at the top. There's going to be this, I guess, core, probably four or five wide receivers. And then there's a bunch of Spider-Man meme running backs that 
it just really is going to depend on landing spot. You, you're going to hope for third round three, four draft capital and hope for the best. Is, is that kind of where we're at? Which means, hey, these round two picks could be super, super valuable. Um, That's a good way to put it, too, because, you know, it's kind of funny. The Spider-Man meme is like literally some of these wide receivers. They're the oh, yeah. same dude. I yeah. wouldn't say that these running backs are the same people. Okay. But I would say that given the same opportunities with these running backs, they can have similar production at a mid to top end. Um, for instance, my the three that I have the hardest time with, mm-hmm. Kendra Miller, Zach Evans, and Tank Bigsby, which okay. are all roughly six foot, 210 200, you know, 205, 215, yeah. 220 pounds. I mean, they have prototype size. Zach Charbonnet is the same thing, actually. Mm-hmm. So those are four dudes where it doesn't – if you go to five or six different guys that you like to listen to, they all have all five of those dudes uh, ranked differently. In the same range. So if you were to get your crystal ball out, not knowing landing spot, because obviously things are going to change a lot once the draft actually plays out. And, and as after the combine, I mean, shoot, that, that's going to make a huge difference too, right? We're going to be able to actually test the athleticism on a lot of these players. But if, if you're crystal ball, you said, okay, you're probably going to be, it's going to be B. John, and then it's probably going to be the four quarterbacks going off the board and super flex leave. That puts us at 1.6. Is that really where like, it's going to be like a slew of wide receivers? For like the back half of the round one, is that how you see things going? Well, because I think that we are running back, um, you know, as much as I love these wide receivers, these running backs are loved more because the position is not as, you know, there there is not as defined at the top. I would say because of injuries and guys getting opportunities and then old veterans having like – I was going to talk about veterans that could get displaced this year. Mm -hmm. For one, it's like in Arizona, right? If Mm -hmm. you get anybody coming into the Arizona scheme, you might never hear about James Conner anymore after this year, (laughs) like swear to you. So no, I think that by when it's all said and done, if I had a crystal ball, you're probably going to go Jameer Gibbs, which would be at the 1-6, Charbonnet, which is going to be at the 1-7. And then depending on, because I know that Dynasty Twitter, they, you know, it's Dynasty Twitter moves the needle on these guys, right? I mean, obviously, if Podfather says he likes a certain running back, then that's the guy that's going to go eight, you know. But I would yeah. say Kendra Miller is probably going to be the guy that is going to sift up into that class okay. before you get to our our wide receivers. The last thing I want to say on running backs because this isn't meant to drown our time out. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll have a singular pod on on each individual, you know, position. position. Yeah. But my favorite guy in the class is Sean Tucker. And it okay. really sucks that he is my favorite guy because, because Dynasty Twitter and NFL mock drafts and all these guys doing mock drafts this year, 
Um, it just doesn't seem like it's fallen his way. He went from a second round guy to now he's like a fourth round guy. And that's kind of why I wanted to start the podcast with the idea that I am not worried about how these guys test. I'm not worried about if these guys get drafted in the seventh round anymore. I'm just not. I've seen Isaiah Pacheco come out of the woodwork and land a starting job on the most prolific offense in the league. I've seen yeah. Damian Pierce, who's slow. I've seen Singletary, who's slow, get the nod over guys like James Cook mm. in the same offense. So that's why I don't like Jameer Gibbs. And let's face it, guys, yeah. you're going to hear Jameer Gibbs comped to Alvin Kamara all the time, and it's wrong. It is not even close. He is more James Cook then he is Alvin Kamara. And if James Cook is not getting the lion's share of opportunity from the beginning over a guy like Devin Singletary, you can see why I'm just not that high on J Jameer Gibbs. So that's, that, that's a really good point because Jameer Gibbs is only 5'11, 200 pounds. So even if he puts on five pounds, like 205 would still be light. I mean, we saw James Cook, he was 190. And he just he couldn't differentiate himself from Devin Singletary, who was seven eight pounds heavier than him. I mean, no, we're, we're talking. It doesn't seem like a lot, but five pounds makes a huge difference in the NFL. It, it's important for longevity. It's important for pass blocking. These are all things that matter. And and Jameer gives a player who is going to be on the field catching balls. He's going to have to have that ability to pass block. So if he's light, two hundred pounds, he's going to get he's going to be ragdolled by some of these linebackers and some of these D linemen. That's so that 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 is a really good point. That's actually a great segue into wide receivers. Um, my sure. last finishing bow on these running backs or a guy like Jameer Gibbs. So mm -hmm. uh, Clipboard has a has a comment there. Let Gibbs fall. I'm fine with that. And and great. And I would say, too, because the more Jameer Gibbs falls, the more I like him better because you don't want guys like Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the 101, 102, but you could yeah. take guys like Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the 108. Um, so is that who's that? Who's Tara? <laughs> um, but yes, Clip said, uh, yeah, uh, Shane wasn't as uh, knowledgeable about the class, Clip. That's why he brought me on. This is more of an yeah. introductory. That's why he's not talking as much. I'm just trying to lay out some of the base level terms. But let's talk about ragdolling. And yeah. this is actually kind of funny you say that, Shane, because two or three of these wide receivers uh, and and maybe five, six, seven, or eight of them, they are so small, it is unreal, mm -hmm. okay? Now, you can say, oh, I've seen it happen. Devontae Smith, I've seen it. So small guys, they have a place in the NFL now. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I hear what you're saying. I, I totally do. Go ahead, Shane. Here's the thing. Devonta Smith is the exception to the rule, right? Like, that, like he was the bloody Blitnikov winner. That's what There's, I'm saying. <laughs> He's uh, great. Uh, and Yeah, and, and it's just people need to understand that more often than not, it's going to be the Rondell Moores where they look unbelievable. Romeo Dubs type players like where they're just small, but they just, they can't, they can't get to it. Um, who was the guy last year to senior bowl this year? It was, it was uh, tank Bigsby, right? Oh, tank Dell is tank Dell, a excuse me. small tank Dell. wide yeah, receiver. Yeah. yeah. Tank Dell, who just lit up the senior bowl 
seven on sevens, no issue separating. But when you get to the NFL, you just you just can't do it. So um, Calvin Austin, that's the guy that I'm thinking about from last year. Same deal. He lit up the senior bowl, did squat in the NFL. He was like a what was a fifth or sixth round pick. Makes no difference. So I think that's a really important fact. And and here's the thing: one of the players that I'm starting to become really enamored with is Jordan Addison at a USC. He's just my style of player. He's six foot, 170 pounds though. And that worries the hell out of me. Typically back in the day, that like that, that sweet spot where we don't want players under this weight was 180 pounds. That was, that was the magic number. We're starting to floor it with the one seventies. And I would tell you, worrying. I would say 180. I mean, it's really, really like five, right? It's yeah. I would really say want, 190, but, 195. Yeah. I mean, back in my day, no, it was 200, you know, yeah, you didn't yeah. want a guy that was under 200 pounds. Now you're saying it's dropped to 180. Now we're saying we have to drop it some more because guys like Devonta Smith have been successful. Darnell mm-hmm. Mooney has been successful yeah. and they're 174 pounds. The, the truth of the matter And the fact of the matter is the only thing that separates these 180 pound receivers and greatness is, is the offensive scheme that they are put into. And if they can succeed in it, a guy like Darnell Mooney can succeed if given opportunity in a great system with, you know, whatever, And that's fine. So I'm not saying I don't like guys like Jordan Addison. That's why I have Jordan Addison ranked number two myself personally. Now, a lot of people have Jordan Addison number one. And I, and I totally get why. And let me tell you why Jordan Addison has been ranked number one over guy, other guys, bigger guys, you know, more productive guys, whatever. Some, sometimes more productive ain't the word, but Jordan Addison primarily played out of the slot. Not primarily. I, I would say, yeah, more times than not out of the slot in pit with Kenny Pickett, mm-hmm. extremely productive goes and plays outside. Prim- not, I wouldn't say primarily, but I would maybe it is primarily. I don't have the facts in front of me, but played outside. But it basically went to USC to to kind of prove that he could go and play outside as well. And he had a lower leg injury, but was on pace for 1,100 yards, 75 catches, whatever. Is an outside receiver. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jordan Addison, because without you doing that draft Twitter and all these other guys would be like, yeah, you can't play outside, whatever. And so he went outside and played. Um, I forget the, the cornerback. Um, I want to say it's one of the top cornerbacks in the league uh, coming out of the, the uh, coming out of college this year. He went one-on-one with, you can look at the tape on, on YouTube and it's, it's great. I mean, Jordan Addison gets worked in a couple plays yeah. and then he works him a couple plays and you, you look at college uh, corners and some of them, you, you don't know they're the best corners in the league. Sauce Gardner yeah. comes out is the best corner of the league. Tyreek Woolen, one of the best corners in the league coming right out of college. Mm-hmm. So these guys are, some of these guys are great. And, and when you see guys like Jordan Addison beating these guys, you know, you 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 have to take notice to it. So Jordan Addison is great. Um, six foot one seventy, one seventy five, something like that. He's, I, yeah, he's he's six foot one seventy. Yeah. So when you look at a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba, who also says he's six foot, I think absolutely not. 
is Addison six foot because yep. they don't look the same size. Now, obviously, he's 26 pounds heavier, Jackson, which is yep. why I like him a little bit better. But the thing about Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, who is my number one, um, he's not, he doesn't have elite speed. I mean, he's not the guy that's playing outside that's burning you downfield like Garrett Wilson can. Yeah, but he just as long as he can run, what, what do you think he's going to run? A four six, four six five? Like, yep. like that's uh, four, slow, six, but that, that that's okay, right? In in NFL, speed isn't the main factor for these wide receivers. So so even so even though Jackson Smith and Jigba only played three games this season, you're still he's still your number one just because of what oh, he yeah. did early in his college career. Well, not just because of that, but let's talk about that. I mean, while while he, he was a true sophomore, mm-hmm. while he was on the field with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, okay, mm-hmm. he was able to produce 16, I don't have the stats in front of me 1606. again, I believe 1,600 yards, 95 yeah. catches, and however yeah. many touchdowns. Now, what do you say? Oh, that's a lot of dump-offs. That's a lot. It doesn't matter what it is. If the guy's open, and he can take it to the house. It doesn't matter if he's in, you know, grandma's backyard or he's on the NFL field. I mean, if you're getting those stats, if you're getting open, and that's the thing I love about Jackson is he so, is an elite separator. So Matt, just to, just to add to your point, 16.9 was his yards per yards per reception. Like that's pretty darn effective. Yeah, so 16 yards down the field before he gets the ball. So you wouldn't necessarily say that he wasn't a downfield receiver. He's able to get open on slants at the 10-yard marker, catch the ball, and take it to the house. Mm-hmm. You know, Kayshawn Booty was the number one receiver or being touted as your top receiver, and he deserves to be you know, talked about. The thing about Odell Beckham is if we were smarter about the process, Odell Beckham would have likely been your number one receiver coming out of the league that year as well. Um, the thing about Odell is the same thing about Kayshawn Booty. You know, these LSU receivers, they're, they are dynamic. You know, they are the Pittsburgh Steelers of college football. They're yep. able to hit on these wide receiver prospects by the plenty. And I think the thing about Kayshawn Booty – and also Tank Bigsby, just to kind of call back to the running backs, is these guys produced in the SEC as a freshman, as true freshmen, better than you have ever seen. I mean, Kayshawn mm-hmm. Booty, uh, better better than anybody you've ever seen at the wide receiver position. Tank Bigsby, same thing. Here's the thing, guys. These guys are 18, sometimes 17 years old coming into college and then you're like well he has he hasn't been able to produce ever since well it life happens bro (laughs) i mean you just got a new job and you don't you know you you haven't had as much time yourself i mean that's just one career change imagine all of a sudden being the most talked about guy in college football at the receiver position yeah so when we look at when we look at the players that are coming out now i don't have all the breakout ages like for quentin johnson i don't see a breakout age here but Keyshawn butte 18.3. It's the youngest player in the class that I can see in terms of a breakout age. So, I mean, we know that he did it early. Um, That's really interesting. I mean, I I think really discussion is going to be, it's going to be Butte, Quinn Johnson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. I I think realistically a a conversation for top three. Um, Jordan Addison, like you said, some people haven't ranked as his number one. I think just by pure history, I don't think it's a good idea to rank him there. Now, if he does get drafted, say like say say we, 
something crazy happens and he gets drafted in like the top 10. Well, then it's a different conversation, right? But realistically, if he's drafted back half of the first round, still great. But I just don't see him being the top ranked. For me, it's, it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. I, I, from what I've seen, man, I'm a believer. I'm, a, I'm an absolute believer. <laughs> and and yeah. the medicine is so good nowadays that these players, like, I just, I want to see him test. I would love to see him test. Well, that's my problem with the test is like, you know, Amon Ra was a great receiver. Went mm. and test at the combine, uh, four point six. Then yeah, he's which like, is okay. okay, knocks him down. You know, yeah. now you don't talk about him. You don't think he's good. Comes out in the NFL, does great. He's a top ten dynasty asset at the receiver position. Definitely. And that's kind of why I really want to put this class in this big ball of like, it is not going to be. This class is not going to be about metrics i really just don't see it that way i don't see these like jackson smith and jigba your number one receiver in my opinion is going to run a four six like mm -hmm. you would run away from that receiver two years ago you know it your your number one running back uh Bijan's gonna run fast jameer's gonna run fast but is charbonnet gonna run fast like probably mm -hmm. not like so there's intangibles to these players that all have been seen before. And those intangibles, along with the system that they get drafted into, is what's really going to, to come to life here. And talking about the rest of these receivers on a quick note, Quentin Johnston, the thing about him is he's your big guy. You know, yeah. where the rest of these guys, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Kayshawn Booty, six foot, Josh Downs, 5'10", right? So when you look at these guys and you see no size, it's easy to see why a Quentin Johnston guy who's going to be your testing, your metrics guy, he's going to run yeah. well. He looks fast on tape. But the thing about this guy, and I comped him to a deep fake AJ Green, like yeah. deep fake meaning it's a guy that's got an AJ Green costume on, you know, yeah. but it probably it's probably Mark from <laughs> high school who's got the costume on. I like him and he's fine and he's going to go in the first round. So all of your analytics guys are going to go nuts on him. But I just in a in a great comp I seen for him, Kenny Galladay. Mm -hmm. Kenny Galladay, mm. when Kenny Galladay was awesome, he was yeah. awesome. One or two mm. years, awesome. But what is Kenny Galladay anymore? Nothing. Well, it's, he has it's, a... it's, yeah, we've seen it where any of these big prototype receivers, like they, they just they get injured late in their career, and they they have short career arcs. Generally speaking, for most of these guys, I think that's that's really. I, am I am I silly to to feel still a little bit um, gun shy to draft a TCU wide receiver? And that, that's another thing, not just Jalen Rager, but I yeah. forgot who it was before that um, as well. That was your first round, Josh Doxson. So, Dawson, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing about TCU is, you know, they, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, yeah, be gun shy, but I mean, to your, to your detriment. Getting yeah. into the rest of these receivers, because there's a lot of them. Yeah. My number three guy is Jalen Hyatt, but he is probably the most, the guy that has fell the most in just two weeks' time. Three or Why two though? or Why three though? weeks. Well, because if you look at his game against Alabama, okay, five touchdowns. I mean, it's the same thing as you had with Jackson Smith and Jigba 
in the Rose Bowl where the guy was just electric in 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 a game that gave him a lot of eyes. That gave, mm-hmm. but Jalen Hyatt is it's kind of the opposite for a lot of these guys where you see these guys be uber productive early and then they fell off. Jalen Hyatt was nowhere. And then all of a sudden he's on the scene and he's a speedster, but he is exactly Jamison Williams. And I don't say exactly Mm. because I do think Jamison is faster than Jalen, but Mm -hmm. we didn't get to see that I believe because Jamison was hurt. Right. And, And so, but the idea behind a speedy wide receiver isn't just that, Hey, this guy can't run routes like Josh down. So I'm going to knock him down my board. Well, the fact of the matter is when you have speed, these corners have to respect that. Okay. And for you to think that you're just going to get jammed on the line of scrimmage every single time the ball gets snapped and you're not going to draft Jalen Hyatt because of that reason is the same thing of like ignoring DK Metcalf because of his agility skill. But Matt, do you think a player like Jalen Hyatt would be like a better NFL player versus say a fantasy player because we're not going to be able to predict it? I do believe that you can say that. Yes. Now that's why I like Jalen Hyatt is because Mm -hmm. I like the idea that just like CJ Stroud is that these guys are still developing and as they come into their own, I do believe they can be uber productive. Um, It may not be a rookie year thing. And so that's the only thing that I'm a little bit down on Jalen, but I'm going to die on his hill um, because I really do like the player and, and I've watched his interviews too. And those are the things that I like to watch too, as a film guy is like, are these guys respectful? Do these guys honor the type of work that they know they're going to have to do? And, and Jalen just to me seems like he's a guy that just found out how great he can be. You know, and then boom, you get to see the team do incredibly well. Tennessee did extremely well this year. The vibe around that team is only getting better as Nico Ilamaleva or whatever, the newly, um, you know, top three quarterback Mm -hmm. that got into that system this year. Uh, Malachi Nelson going to USC. So you're going to see these teams be dynamic even moving forward and that's a little debbie for you nerds out there uh but i like jalen hyatt um a guy that has fell even more is rashi rice so rashi rice was coming into um senior bowl i think he was listed as like six two six three he came in and went and was a six foot Okay. So this is what happens. And, and I'm sorry for running a little long. I've got about 10 minutes left, but this is the thing about running backs. Okay. Running backs are always going to weigh more in college than they are. Receivers are always going to be taller than they are. Okay. And here's the thing about running backs. They are maxed out. Running backs do not come into any combine or anything, all of a sudden gaining 15 to 20 pounds. When these guys in college say that they're 190, they're maxing out 190. They've drank 10 pounds of water that morning to get to that weight because they want to be big. The receivers, same thing. They put, 
you know, they're like the re- receivers are like at the, the at the family fun center where, you know, your kid's a little too small. So you put a hamburger in their shoes so they gain an inch, you know, it's, and it's, it's basically like, the it's like basically the opposite of fighters when they're trying to uh, weigh in. Right. It's like yeah. when they're trying to cut the weight. It's the exact opposite of that. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. Um, so, so question for you, then, Matt, if you're holding on to the one point seven, one point eight, something like that. Right. Mm. And. Jameson Williams is still there. He's still a bit of a black black box prospect just because we really really didn't get to see him at full strength last year. Would Jameson you be willing to trade Williams. Straight up? Jameson oh, Williams. oh, okay. Good. good yeah, would, you, would you be willing to trade like straight up like what your 1.6, 1.7, 1.8 for Jameson Williams if, if the, the other manager is willing to trade? Um, 1.7, 1.8. So I'm going to look at it as we saw Jameer Gibbs going one, six. So one, seven, one, eight is going to be Addison or in Jigba for me. And I would yeah. not trade straight okay. up in that situation. Um, only because Jamison, um, but, I, but the nine I would. Okay. That's, yeah. That's, that's interesting. So I think that's a sweet spot. And then, and then what about like, even like a Chris Olave, like Chris Olave, He's probably like he's a high end first round pick at this point, right? If you wanted to go and get Crystal Lava, like what's it going to take to get a player like that? Uh, in Dynasty, class? like this Dynasty. year with this draft class, yeah, just for um, rookie picks. Olave to me is the guy that you would go ahead and trade for yeah. Jackson. Yeah, like or, he, or like, Crystal, I, like give me Crystal Lava, like knowing what we have over any of these wide receivers, right? Um. I mean, yes, yes, but but no at the same time. Like, we don't know the landing spots. Like, right now, yes. But yeah. if okay. – I would say if Jackson Smith and Jigba and, – and this is this is why I love this class. And, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about this because I want to okay. say something about this. Like, pairing, I think, is an, an intriguing thing this year. Houston has the opportunity – to go and draft CJ Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba at two and 12, 12. Yeah. So if they do that, I like Jackson Smith and Jigba over Chris Olave, but not, but that's where I would draw the line. Like there's no, nobody ahead of Olave. I would take, you know, Olave's that line. I like Olave, but the word is that Derek Carr is going there. Not to say Derek Carr couldn't do it, but I don't think Olave is an outside number one. I think he's a better number two, but in an, in an offense where you have a lot of different areas, you've got, you know, Kamara, you've got Michael Thomas. that might come back. You've got, uh, you know, who knows where the draft's going to settle this year. So I like Olave, but I think that's where I draw the line. Cause he is small too. You know, he's only six foot as well. Um, but I just think that Jackson is Keenan Allen. I'm not saying he's Keenan Allen. Like that's, that's my comp form. He's Amon Ra to me, but Keenan Allen is a guy that requires the ball to go to him yeah. on, on a very consistent basis. And every time it does, the game is going better for your offense long-term um, to end on these wide receivers. Mm-hmm. You're going to find Josh Downs, uh, uh, Zay Flowers and Josh D- Downs are probably going to be your next two in line right there. Okay. A lot of people are going to push Kayshawn Booty down because of his off-the-field concerns. Apparently there was some sex party or something like that. <laughs> and it's big enough for them to like not take him back in college because in order for that to happen, he would have to go in the transfer portal and, and he probably isn't getting selected by any college. So 
he's got to go to the NFL. I mean, at this mm-hmm. point, they'll take him. They'll take a prospect. So Kayshawn Booty would likely be the guy. But you're going to find Josh Downs and Zay Flowers right there. I like them both. Uh, I'm not drafting them, though, this year. It uh, doesn't matter where they go. I'm not drafting them. Um, guys that I like deeper down the the line, Xavier Hutchinson is my guy. I think okay. that he is likely going to be drafted in the fourth or fifth round, but I think that he has a complete game. 6-2-207, Iowa State. He is what everybody wanted Hakeem Bustler to be, in a, in a sense, just for somebody that produced coming out of Iowa State. But I yeah. just look at it like, and if I were to be somebody that, if I could have my crystal ball, Xavier Hutchinson would go to Dallas in the fifth round. And they mm. would get a, I mean, they would get CD and him doing exactly the same thing while they can get somebody jar- darting downfield. So I know we got to talk about these tight ends, but I really don't like to. No, we can, we can, let's, let's lose attendance <laughs> for another show. I mean, r- really at the tight end position, there's, there's what? There's, there's Michael there's Mayer. Three. Okay. So there's, there's uh, Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid. And then would you say senior bowl player? What, what's the guy's name? Um, Luke Musgrave? Yeah, it's Musgrave from Ohio's yeah. or Oregon State. Musgrave apparently is going to be your more Kyle Pitts-esque prospect hmm. where he is uh, uber-athletic. Um, right. He was not a producer in college probably because he's he wasn't in a good – you know, I almost – I don't know. Yeah, Musgrave's a senior. That's right. I would yeah, have loved senior, to yeah. see because uh, DJU is getting to Oregon State this year, and I would have really liked to see him with somebody that might be able to get him the ball. I like Musgrave. You know, I like him. But I love Dalton Kincaid. And I okay. love Michael Mayer. I love them. I think they're great. And I think when you saw rookies produce this year, Kate Otten, who is clipboard Jesus's, you know, his love yeah. child. Um, <laughs> yeah. Michael Mayer is Gronk, a hundred percent. Okay. It's and it's actually so hilarious because you know Gronk's personality. If you didn't know Michael Mayer's personality and you just watched how he played on the field, he plays like Gronk's personality is. Hmm. He's a bumbling, stumbling freak. I mean, he catches the ball, he runs the routes, but when he catches, he's like this big oaf that kind of like wants to do a lot with it, but falls down. (laughs) so, So this dude is six foot six. 235 pounds. Now he'll probably put on weight. Maybe he hasn't hit that second NFL puberty yet, which, you know, happens in the NFL, but he's still very, very young. He's only 21 years old. He'll be probably closer to 22 when the season starts this year, but he's 21 during draft day. So that'll be interesting. Matt, that is a lot of information. Frankly, I feel like I'm smarter than what I was coming in, which I don't know. wasn't saying a lot, I suppose, but really appreciate you coming on. We're going to have you on all throughout the, the dynasty rookie season, right up leading to the draft after the draft and it's going to be a lot of fun so matt really appreciate being here dfsarmy.com ladies and gentlemen go check it out it's it's where we hail a lot of great content on there um become a vip member join the discord you can be getting the edge on competitive lines like the super bowl ever heard of it so dfsarmy.com that's where we hail thanks again for joining we're going to be here all season i'm flex jane this is flex matt and we are the dfs army fantasy football show Good luck.